The wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount+. Plus. What brings you to the show? Opportunity. Everybody get down! Walk right up to the side. A new rain is coming to the south side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes May 10th. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. CBS Wednesday. We have so many cool, diverse people from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different upbringings, and it just keeps growing. I feel it in my I'm a citizen of the United States. I'm a hustler. I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. I'm the queen of the tribe. I'm a I am playing whatever role I gotta play. I'm gonna play this game for speed. I ain't going down like no punk. A new Survivor, Wednesday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Welcome back. Welcome in. This is Country Roads Confidential at Earsports.com, a CBS Sports podcast. I am Mike Casazza, welcoming in Chris Anderson. Word of the day, as it is many days here, if you color cover college sports portal massive weekend for West Virginia basketball and also football it seems like uh players are in and out of the port all the time technically Chris tomorrow is a big day because of blank what is that blank being filled with here the start of the new second portal window and I I, I want to start off our podcast by asking you a question on this because this is our first time doing this. Everybody going through this little mini second window for transfers. I'm really curious how many guys actually enter during the, it's a 15 day window, which, which when you tell me a 15 day window, I start to think that it, you know, it's crunched for time. So there's going to be this flurry of activity, but then I'm thinking, wait, who's, Who's jumping in that hasn't already jumped in? Or I mean, are there really going to be that many like legitimate, you know, instant starters, instant contributors entering the portal at this point? Because I feel like usually what happens at the end of the spring is it's those guys who find out they're third on the depth chart and have a younger guy in front of them. They're fourth on the depth chart. They might not make the travel roster. Those are the guys entering the portal after spring, but I, I, this is my first time. This is your first time. This is everybody's first time with this. Are you expecting something different this time around? I'm ready for anything on this. This is, um, this is like a scene in a horror movie or, or an action movie where the good guy's on the top floor and he's watching the elevator go to floor four, five, six, and he's on floor seven, right? And then all of a sudden you hear the ding and the elevator opens and you don't know who's coming out of there, right? I don't really know what to expect here because of everything that you just explained to me um, and my conversations with people about I mean, And it's, it's as much like me asking them as I'm asking me like you are, Chris, but who or what is coming out of that door? We don't really know. So that's interesting, but also how many players. So quantity and quality is, is going to be a really interesting dynamic to track. Look at it a couple of ways. It's a big deal for, I would say, like mid-major schools, group of five schools. Because you're going to get some people who are from Power 5 programs or, or like major programs maybe aren't Power 5 that are going to need a place or want a place. And at that point of their careers, they might not be willing or able to cut it at a Power 5. But, you know, a Sunbelt, a MAC, a CUSA school, they can really replenish their rosters there, which is important because 
who gets hit in that initial wave? A lot of power fives, but some of those Sunbelt, MAC, and Conference USA schools, they lose players because they swing up. They want to go up to somewhere else. And now you're going to see some of that come back to the field, I do think. So where does that leave a West Virginia? I would say in a good spot because that second cut, third cut of players from power fives, they still want to stay in a power five. There are going to be teams who are trailing in the old arms race in the power five. And West Virginia, I don't think it's controversial to say it's probably among that group. And that's a better destination than the Sun Belt, the MAC, a conference USA school by and large. So I kind of think that that's one to track too, is like who's losing and who's gaining. And, and is it so much reversing what happened in the first wave? It's almost like a course correction, which I don't think they intended that or if that's the the, the side effect or the, the the consequence here. But that's something that's really interesting to me. And then the other thing is like surprises. You know, are there going to be some? Are there going to be people who like, I'll give one more shot? Or there was a coaching change or a coordinator change. And these could be big names of big programs. And they went for the 15 practices and their perspective didn't change. They gave it one more shot, one more semester. And they're gone. And that's going to be a, a pretty thin crop that is going to be heavily coveted and recruited. But I think that for me has, has a lesser focus in the first part of the answer. Well, I think the the picture as it stands right now for West Virginia is pretty clear. And kind of laid that out in the story earlier today. Um, you ready to get into that? Because I, I think there's I think there's some healthy debate about maybe that picture shouldn't be this clear and maybe there should be some other positions and I want to hear your thoughts. Um, are we talking about transfer hot board version 2.0? Yes, we are. On the homepage right now at earsports.com? Yeah, I'm I'm quickly making myself the fan favorite because you refuse to do hot boards. No, I don't. I'm, I'm just the hot board master of late. I, I don't do hot boards when I know the answer. <laughs> Right. And one day I might just, uh, I don't want to do that. Uh, there, there's, we may have a down day where I kind of, maybe I'll share a hot board that is out there that isn't actually out there. I'll leave it at that because um, it may come back around soon. Who knows? Anyways, yes, version 2.0 is out. Read it. It's very informative here. We're not going to be the guys who say, here's a podcast about a thing we wrote, but it's impossible not to, to overlap here a little bit. And the direction that West Virginia may go in. Um, can I, can I weave in some other news here to this though? Go. Yeah. How or if does Jimmy Bell factor into this? Because West Virginia's starting center on the basketball team is at least experimenting with football right now. We'll get more into that in a moment, but is this a variable at all? What happens now? I think you put it best like how when you were talking about in your story yesterday and discussing just how long it's been since he has played football and what all he has gone through to pursue basketball and given his eligibility, given West Virginia's scholarship limitations right now, because I mean, they, they have only a couple spots. And are you going to give up one of those couple spots for, I mean, it's, it's not a joke. Like it's not a joke that he's out there. It's not, he was a legitimate division one prospect at a tackle position coming out of high school. So keep that in mind, but if you're targeting transfers and the guys you're targeting right now with your final few scholarships are guys you're trying to get to contribute in September, I don't think you're going to use one on Bill. If you feel better about your offensive line and you want to add a little depth, maybe somebody who can help next year, 
sure. But the way they're pursuing, and, and they have an offer out right now to an interior lineman from Houston named Cameron Johnson. Mm-hmm. And, like, it, you know, here is, here is a guy who has been a multi-year starter who had 900 snaps, who I believe it was like gave up one sack in 900-some snaps this year, plays guard. But instead, you're going to, you know, use a scholarship on a project tackle. Like, I I don't think so. I, I just don't think that's going to happen. I mean, I haven't heard anything specific. It's not talking to capital P people about that. It just doesn't make sense unless some scholarships open up. Yeah, and like, he, for lack of a better phrase, Jimmy Bell is laundering a scholarship for the basketball team. Like, he would be stashing the football team to be on scholarship if I knew the rules correctly. And And I may not hear, but like, that's part of the the metric here and like if West Virginia is working with a finite number of scholarships, is he never mind who he's leapfrogging to play this year? Probably nobody, right? Who's he leapfrogging to get a scholarship this year? Probably somebody. So that's what I was curious for because where you were thinking here and what you were going at, because uh, we get into this, you can review in, in your response, but we said finite number of scholarships. I don't know how proprietary that is. Chris, you may want to reveal that you may not, but it does seem to me to have the a answer is three. Okay. They have a hierarchy of needs, too, when it comes to positions, and there are three. Uh, it looks like corner, even though they've just gotten a defensive back from Minnesota, right? Um, mm-hmm. Receiver, absolutely. And then I I do think that if they're going to – I mean, offensive line would be third, and it does seem guard more than tackle. And I don't think that's a Jimmy Bell thing, so don't, don't get me wrong. That just changed. But just looking at some of their offers and who they've really reached out to, it, it does seem like interior more than exterior, and that could be a future thing more so than a present, too. But how accurate do you think that is? And I'm I'm not going off of what you wrote there, but it does seem like you got that intel from your research and conversations, but also probably the, the inevitability or likelihood, however you want to put it, of who who or what they do pull out of the portal here. Yeah, that's it. I mean, that's that's what it is, is that cornerback is still a, a top target, which was I don't want to say it was surprising to me, but you know, they've added a couple. They've added a couple guys who should contribute right away. They're they're rotating in is as you've reported from practice different guys at at, with the first and second team cornerback positions so it seems like they're building that room back up which is good because we saw how quickly last year things can go south so it's good to have experienced and talented bodies there Um, but it's still it was made very clear to me that they still want another cornerback and that marquise wilson from penn state is, is that guy right now um Wide receiver, as you noted, like, yeah, definitely. They they need receivers. Like, they lost, what, their top four receivers from last year. Um, Devin Carter seems to be stepping out, stepping up as wide receiver one, but they need more. And then on the offensive line, it is a guard. Like, I mean, it, and it, it's not just this, you know, it, again, this is absolutely nothing related to Jimmy Bell. And it's everything to do with – um who they've been targeting and for how long, because right now I mentioned Cameron Johnson from Houston, but before him, it was Ja'Kai Clark uh, from Miami, who was their starting center. It was Rusty Feth from Miami of Ohio, who was like their starting guard. It was Keandre Jones from Auburn, who was their starting guard. So they are targeting interior linemen and have been targeting like game ready, one year available interior linemen. For months now so this is nothing new 
And it, it seems that they have, you know, kind of pinpointed that as a need. And I assume, and Mike, again, you're the one that's seeing the practices or what, what's been made available for practices. Like, is this the, the, the Hubbard spot at right guard? Like they're uncertain of what's happening there, or is this the rematch spot on the other side? Yes. Because <laughs> honestly, they have those two and it's three when you count Nestor. And I'm not sure they have anybody yet behind that they trust. So this does make sense. Tackle, you can get creative because you have you're not pulling Milam off the field. I don't think anybody expects a dip. There's no junior year slump for him. There wasn't a sophomore year slump for him. So he's there. And right tackle, they're going to they got they got guys there they can put in. I, I neglected to mention Brandon Yates too, because I think he's probably going to be more likely to play guard than tackle, but perhaps he can play all Chris three positions now because he's snapping a lot. But Man, if you don't know where he's going and you need a long-term permanent fix at guard, I don't know that you go with him, especially if you can go into the portal and get out with somebody. So I would think that it's as much a are – you, are you absolutely investing in everything you saw at a Tomas rematch last year? Sure, you can, but what if that goes sideways? You know, what if he just has – I don't want to say sophomore slump, but like, what if he just doesn't have as great a year or as good a year? What if that arc doesn't continue um, – as, as as I would say is pleasingly satisfactorily, whatever you want to call it. And he's just, just a guy. And, but if you have a replacement there, then you don't worry about that so much. You know, you go to the end of the road, you can with a guy who's struggling or isn't playing that well. And you make a change because you can, you got to put yourself in that position. And again, the guard thing is going to be on the right side. It's going to be either Hubbard or Nestor. The other ones are tackle. And then you might see some Yates in there too, but I don't think Yates is a starter at this point. And then they don't know which one is starting Hubbard or Nestor at which spot. If you get a, if you get like a capital G guy, capital G guard, who can play right guard for you. Now you're just saying, okay, who's our best right tackle instead of what's our best combination on the right side. It's, it's really nice to have simplicity like that. So I think that does make sense. Um, question for you. Um, yeah. Montre Miller. Mm-hmm. Beanie Bishop. Mm-hmm. Marquise Wilson. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of capital invest in the cornerback position. Is it too much? No. Okay. I mean, but I, there's going to be a question I'm going to ask back to you, and I might jump in and answer before I even let you answer because I'm going to be mad if you take my answer. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, th- that the cornerback and and safety, like it wasn't alone there. Like that was the downfall of West Virginia season last year. Like just the way things went in the secondary and it happened so quickly. I mean, it what was it 15 snaps before Charles Woods was sidelined. And then as soon as that happened, it was like a domino effect all the way through the room of just, you know, you have to move all of a sudden you're moving that, that second cornerback who you were kind of wondering if you could, because I, th- I think when you and I were talking and it was going into West Virginia was going into the season, it was, Hey, you have Woods. And then you have these other guys and you can hope one of them can step in and be that second guy. And then Woods is out and all of a sudden you're like, oh, crap. It, you know, now now it's four guys and you're hoping two of them can do something or you can piece together something and it didn't happen. So I think you do need to make sure you have at least three guys you can trust full time out there. Not Not three maybes. Not one full time and a couple maybe's. You need three full time cornerbacks you can trust, and and bringing in these three guys to add to what you are returning, I think you you feel more comfortable 
um, you know, with, with finding three guys with that. I'm wondering if the staff knows something that we don't know. If the staff is expecting something on, oh, I don't know, April 24th, which is the Monday after the spring game. Mm-hmm. Just my, my sense is say that they're probably pretty smart and they probably have a hand on the roster. And I wonder if they this is because there's going to be something to precede this, which means maybe players are leaving, maybe a guy's leaving. But you're looking at, I mean, they, they do have young players here. You're looking at Jacoby Spells, Andrew Wilson-Lamp. And like, if not now, when? That's something a player asks himself. The coaches are going to say, if not now, but it's coming. I promise. Look how much you've grown in this year. You're just a sophomore. You're just a redshirt sophomore. And that may be true for guys too, but I just wonder if players are as, as patient about that. And I wonder if, I, I don't know if it's being proactive or reactive to be so ambitious with this one position in the transfer portal. And again, they probably know more than we do about this and we may have answers before too long, but you may be like, why are they getting so many players? They don't necessarily need this. They have, you know, I think it's six other scholarship um, cornerbacks on the roster, not mentioning these transfers that we've gotten. Miller counts, but um, I wonder if, like, it's just not good enough. That's, I mean, it just seems like a stockpile to get these transfers and keep these young players on there and also risky because how many times are these guys going to sit out and watch and wait and then have to do this again next year where the portal is still going to be there? There's still going to be cornerbacks and there's still going to be an emphasis on veterans. And like, it's hard to become a veteran on the sideline as a domino. I wonder if it's, if it's like tipping and leaning and then if it's going to fall over here, because man, they add two in the, in like, you know, a span of 10 days here. I just feel like that's going to even out, even itself out somehow conspiratorial. I don't know, but it, it just makes me wonder sometimes, especially just given the way things are right now with the portal. Mike, if, if West Virginia loses 10 players in the transfer portal in a cycle, how many of those are surprises? One? Well, there's always one, but 10 is a big number to to have nine guys that just like, okay, we're going to be better without them. They don't have them. Okay, that's that's a problem in itself. But you have nine guys who you can just afford to lose because yeah. they're, they're occupying a big spot. But, you know, I would say probably not, not, not triple that, but like I would say at least two, maybe three sometimes. Yeah. So, but, but to your point, most of the time they know when guys are leaving or they're how do we say this okay with them leaving and, and like you said there, there's a reason they're adding corners and again i haven't heard anything specific about anybody but you, you're you're stockpiling talent there for for maybe multiple reasons but that leads me to my next question when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
and, and don't steal my answer. Mm. I just named the three, the top three needs right now, the way that the staff is approaching the transfer portal. If you had to name another position that maybe is fourth or you think should actually be in that top three, what is it? Will. Uh, Mike, I said don't take my answer. Go uh, ahead. Go ahead. Spear? spear? <laughs> no. Will, Will's the answer. Will, I think, is the only answer because I think Will should be number two like yeah. i mean like wide receiver and then will for me right now yeah i just that, that position looks small and young out there it does and these guys are bigger than me so don't don't get me wrong they're like oh how can that be gyro favorites isn't small he kind of is he's six feet tall uh ben cutter probably gonna be a good player but you're a true pressure to play a lot uh, it just i mean trey lathan's out there i believe too they could they could get creative and, and move Dixon there. They seem to like Dixon. It's Beer's ability to play the run, but also he's kind of fluid enough to cover the pass. But that will spot, man, that's an every down thing. Like it's it's really hard to get that position off the field. You can, but you're going to give some stuff up, and like size will be one of those things. Um, will slash Spear. I don't know if you can find a guy who can do both, but yeah, Will would be the one for me because it's it's. I mean, it's it's a weak side linebacker, so you got to have some fluidity, some experience to, to handle that side of the field. You don't have to be so big to play on the tight end or the fullback side, the heavy side, the strong side. Um, but, like, there is a physical – I mean, plays go to the weak side a bunch sometimes too, especially kind of gotcha stuff, and you got to have something behind your pads a little bit too. And sometimes I just look out there – this was an initial observation of mine too is that it just looked light. It looked small. And, like, when you have a, when you have a gyro out there and, like, a Raleigh Collins at Spear – Ugh, ain't to pancakes you know what i'm saying like that's that's a difficult that's a difficult alignment to think they're going to have out there want to have out there and if you don't have to do it if you can upgrade somehow you can the thing is like who or what is a will as far as a target in the transfer portal because their defense is like so unique isn't the right word um specific spec specific how's that because they are. That's just the way they designed it, so they can be kind of creative. There might be somebody out there who can do that. There might be somebody who could do spear slash will that has a certain size and skill. Look at Keyshawn Cobb. Like, we kind of thought he would be a spear. He's playing deep safety, but he could probably drop down and play, like, nickel corner, too. And that's because they have, again, their spec specificity when it comes to who and what they look for there. So th there might be a two birds, one stone kind of a thing. There might be a way to, to have a guy who can play some spear and move Dixon to Will, which then helps you at Will. And that might just be situational. But they might find a pure Will there, like attacking machine who can play it. And if that's on the table, that would be in my top three. I would do that before I would do an offensive lineman. Um, it would be in my top three of the receiver for sure. I think at this point, corner and an offensive line would be like a rotating third, depending on the quality of the third that I saw there. Like, okay, we've got a really good corner that we can get or an eh offensive guard or we got a really good guard and an eh corner that would affect the identity of my third i would probably have a permanent priority put on the will that's just me would you like to take a guess at how many snaps against fbs opponents between the three names you just mentioned at will jesus like on defense or are we counting special on teams? defense i'm not counting special teams like seven Four. <laughs> four. Not great. Four, four defensive snaps. Again, and, and it might be less than that because I'm like I'm looking at it and they got Favorus back in 2020 playing three snaps in week nine. 
and one snap last year in week 12. Like it's pretty rare for somebody to play a single snap, but you know, maybe he had to hop on because of injury one game or a certain package or something like that. But four snaps, all for favorites, and only one in the past two seasons. Um, hmm. Hmm. The high school cornerback. Yes, the high school cornerback who came here and started as a safety and has played one defensive snap against an FBS opponent in the last two years is currently the starting Will linebacker. I still want to interview him. His dad's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 hey, I loved him out of high school. I thought he was going to be, you know, I, w- I think I was pushing for like almost a four-star rating out of high school after we saw him at camp. Um, I agree that with you that he is a very strong and muscular dude. But as far as like a linebacker goes, he's still kind of small. Um, but out of high school, I, I loved him and just hasn't done anything yet. Maybe he will once he gets an opportunity, but that's West Virginia's current situation at will linebacker. And I'm, you know, they, they, they tried a couple guys early. The guy from Florida state, what's his name? Gainer who ended up at UNC. I mean, they went hard after him right away. And, you know, if, if you get him, I think that changes my entire perception of the the linebacking core but it just such a what was it we said you know there was one time where we were talking i think it was or maybe i was doing something with the texas site and they made fun of me because i did like a neon sign i was doing video podcast and i was like a neon (laughs) sign pointing right at this spot right here and the texas fans on texas site were making fun of me i was talking about something but that that's how i feel about this will linebacker spot if i'm the opposing team i'm circling it and highlighting it anytime I play West Virginia. Do you know who West Virginia's tallest inside linebacker is? Inside linebacker? It's got to yeah, be Kobo, right? No, it's not. Oh, no? Yeah, uh, no. Josiah Trotter. Josiah currently in a leg brace. Yeah. Done uh, for the year, Trotter. Your your other mics and wheels are six foot or six one. Um and then like 215 to 235 pounds. Um, Tyreek Austin Cave is 235. I'm trying to think of who you like. Cutter's 215. Cutter's going to be. One, 231. Good. Linebacker, Trey Lathan. Also, the uh, Will we're talking about, 6'1, 221. I think what's overlooked right now is it, it does stink not to have Trotter, but they should have Caden Beiser back. He's played a little bit, a little bit. And you're looking for a depth part there, not a guy who's going to gobble up snaps. And that's into a bigger role, but like if Biden's if Biden's your third guy or your your situational second, you're okay there. Still six foot two twenty nine walk on. Um, they're they're just they're 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 inexperienced. They're light. They're small there. And I just when you look at the bend of the Big Twelve offense, there's a lot of running, a lot of misdirection stuff too, and or uh, power things, gap things. It's not just zone and spreading you out and running through you. But it'd be nice to have some 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 weight, some height, some Length is great, speed is great. I get that, but sometimes you're going to get blocked, and that's that could be problematic there too. Shift to basketball. Yeah, I think that's the move. I mean, it's we talk about the transfer portal opening for football on Saturday. The basketball portal has been open, and West Virginia has been extremely active. Already have, I guess, depending on how you look at it, either one or three commitments in the transfer portal. Technically, three. I guess since um, you know Perez committed 
months and months ago, but he's counting this cycle since he's not playing for the Can first we stop time there? until this. Can we stop there? Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm okay with this calculus because the, in the old school, like you had to sit out a year and you wouldn't have counted him last year because he didn't play because he had to sit out a year. But I'm also confused by this because that was a last year thing. He was designed to play last year too. Like, I don't, I don't know what to do with this. And this is not the thing that you have to iron out and reconcile first when it comes to the portal and all the other wild West stuff that's happening, but figuring out who counts where I, I would think if a guy has to sit out. Okay. Yeah. Then you count him for next year, but he didn't have to sit out. So maybe you should count him for last year. I guess my point is that's way too complex. Transfer should probably count for count for actually play. And then since he, since he didn't play, um, yeah, sure, count him this year, I guess. But, ah, man, that's a weird one, isn't it? Yeah, it is. But you know who will take it? Who will take it the way it's set up? West Virginia, because it's going to continue to put them at the top of the transfer portal recruiting rankings. And this weekend, there is an opportunity for them to add to that. Um, we've been reporting on the site about upcoming visits and talking about the importance of them, the chances of them, and how how what might happen this weekend could affect what might happen down the road and could affect who may or may not stay on the team, who may or may not stay on the transfer hot board that gets updated probably early next week. Um, Mike, where do you want to start with all of this for the basketball part this weekend? First of all, let me apologize for my microphone. I got so excited about the switching that I switched myself and might have nudged that, but I think we're back to normal here. Um, the map. That's the one I want to start with. That's going to be a really tricky thing to do, and I think the Bell thing starts it. Maybe. I mean, I think it's ultimately up to him. I think of all the people they could run off, whatever you want to call it, probably Bell is least likely, you know, because they like him so much. He's a veteran. He's done a whole lot. But also, that's like maybe the most mobile part. And if he can end up taking a football scholarship and freeing up a basketball scholarship, again, I got to be perfect on the rules here, but I think he can do it. And I think that's what's probably happening here. Um, but the math, how they make this happen, because they're bringing Caleb Grill and they're bringing Jesse Edwards to town so they can be on the roster, which means they will be over and they're going to have to make this work. This is very strange. Yeah, and and I think it's notable for both of them, the positions that they play. As of right now, West Virginia has three big men, three big men that they like, three big men that, as you kind of noted there, West Virginia isn't actively, quote, running off. You know, they, they like the three big men that they have. But if you have an opportunity to add a guy who averaged a double-double at Syracuse, you, you got to go for it. You, you're not passing that up. This is the stance that, that West Virginia is taking. This is the stance that we've been taking and talking about on the board. You take the best talent available and you figure out the math later, figure out the roster later. And, and, and not to be crass about it, but don't care about anybody's feelings on the roster. Like, you know, if, if you're not getting it, if, if, if West Virginia is bringing in somebody to play your position, then they you're not doing the job that they're looking for yet. You know, maybe you will one day, maybe you're doing a different role, but they're bringing in these players for a reason. And then, of course, aside from Edwards bringing in Grill, you know, West Virginia's added multiple wings already, and they're still searching for more. And I don't think it's a bad idea. 
you know, I, I you you wonder with Grill with the injuries and then him getting kicked off the team this past year. If there's anybody that's going to do the research on that, it's going to be West Virginia, fellow Big 12 member, and they need wings. They lost their starting point guard, starting shooting guard, starting small forward, and they brought in, you know, Perez, Crisa, and Silverio. But as Jay Kuntz noted to you on the podcast, right here on this very podcast a couple of weeks ago, they didn't feel good about their depth. So you lose three guard slash wings. You currently have three guard slash wings committed, and you're going for a fourth one. It, it all jives with exactly what they said. They recognized that they didn't have the depth, that they wanted a fourth kind of guy for that wing spot, and that's where Grill comes in. Huge uh, offseason for Josiah Harris, too, because that's the guy that they're not recruiting over right now, it looks like. They're not looking at the 3 and D, 6, 7 guys. So they have Mitchell back. They have Harris. I don't I don't know they're trying to leapfrog Harris right now. So that's that's good for him, but he's got to be – and it sounds like he is. He's got to be married to the, the, the gym this summer to make it happen there too. Um, this, to me, feels like their biggest, like, recruiting weekend since I – was, I was thinking, going back to this, Chris, like the Devin Ebanks visit, is that – is that crazy? I mean, I think every single with this transfer stuff, transfer portal stuff, and how quickly and not it's not easy, but how you can just change your your fate with some of these additions because, like, high school recruits, like, I mean, there's only a handful of kids that can really change the fate of your team for that coming year. But with the transfer portal, there's there are more options, and West Virginia's put themselves in a position to get guys who can do that. And that raises the importance of it. And so, yeah, if you want to say adding these two guys is maybe the most important visit weekend since Devin Ebanks, I don't think you're crazy. Because even those guys, oh, what about Javon Carter? Oh, what about Deuce McBride? Hey, man, those guys were not being heavily recruited by anybody else. It wasn't exactly some big recruiting battle that West Virginia won to get those guys. They found some diamonds in the rough and turned them into stars. But it wasn't a recruiting battle like these are going to be. If they add Edwards, is Oconco a four? And or does that hinge on Bell coming back? That's what I want to think. That's what I'm, I mean. This is so this is like October stuff, I guess, because we'll know what Bell is doing, what sport he's playing, if he's even on campus. Heck, if any of these guys are, but like I was trying to think about this. If they have four, sorry, if they have four guys who play the five and like just Sumnick, right? If he's still here, like I wonder if they're going to find a way to get some of these guys to play the four. Um, and, and like Oconco would have the the easiest way to do it too. And my other thing here is like, again, Edwards, here, here's what happens. Edwards releases a top three last night. You and I heard this pretty quickly, Chris, that West Virginia's favored, frankly favored. Uh, Eric Bossy, our national director of basketball for 24-7, stopped on the board and said, hey, this sounds like it's really looking good for West Virginia. And like that, you and I were told that that top three was just like, for him saying, hey, just stop calling me. And I'm not even sure Gonzaga's in. In fact, I think like people who cover Gonzaga were like, Edward is not an option for the Zags right now. <laughs> and Candace is courting Hunter Dickinson. So just process of elimination here, this really looks good for West Virginia. Um, Grill, I did not know this. So if you read my reporting on Wednesday, I did not know that Tuesday night he had decided to take a visit to Missouri. I think he's there today and yesterday, 14-15. So sorry. But then he's coming to West Virginia. It's cool to be first, but man, if he's on a visit with Edwards and this place is percolating, like it sounds like it will be, they're going to go Red Carper for them. It's going to be very, very influential, I think. And then West Virginia has done the research on Grill. 
understands him and his situation. Um, I think there's a lot more to it that he has shared and he probably will one day share about his mental and physical well-being. He's also extremely tight with the coach who kicked him off the team even after that happened. This doesn't seem like a, a, a house of fire. Maybe that's not right. Doesn't seem like a dumpster fire kind of guy that isn't worth bringing aboard. It seems like that West Virginia of any place could salvage this, but if not him, looking like Avery Anderson, doesn't it? Yeah, it's not a bad consolation prize if that's what you want to call it, right? But is he a wing? Hmm. Is this going to be like the the bizarro all tight end army offense for football and just like a all guard team for West Virginia? I think so. I don't hate it. I got I got one quick question for you before we wrap up. Hit me. Um. Wow, did I just blank on that? No. This is what I was I'm trying to go back to Edwards. You threw me off by going to grill. Do you think there's a little conspiracy conspiracy here? Do you think Bob Huggins in West Virginia told Edwards to put Kansas and Gonzaga in his top three? Now they pull this kind of stuff in football, <laughs> not not West Virginia, but you know, is, is Huggins pulling a little prank on his old friend Bill Self and taking some more jabs at Gonzaga like he does. I mean, he's taken a couple jabs at Gonzaga with all this talk of Gonzaga joining the Big 12 as basketball only. Is is this him, you know, a little poking on what, some yeah. friends? What if Jay Koontz is like, hey, yeah, man, we'll take your commitment. Let's have some fun. What if the, the finalists are Kansas and Gonzaga and also the NBA? I can yeah. see that. It's yeah, chess. I mean – because there's there's nobody there's I mean nobody does it like uh, and this is going to be if somebody's I don't know who's going to be listening to this down in Kentucky, but nobody does this like Vince Marrow over at uh, Kentucky yeah. for football, uh, having his kids be like, hey, I want you to name you know how about you name these finalists and act like you might be going there and then commit here, like it, it's good it's I love it like I've got to love it um and I really hope West Virginia did talk him into doing that but I guess uh, we'll have to wait and find out. Listen um. Here's some tea leaf kind of things here, too. I think that John Hughley wanted to visit this weekend when he was making his plans, or at least he had had this date open. He wanted to do it. And West Virginia said, can you come the following weekend? Hey, it's the spring game. Because they they had a, I think Grill might have been already planned to come. And I, I really think they knew or they had a, a hunch that Edwards or someone of his ilk, but certainly Edwards, if you look at how fast it happened, that he was going to be available, which that sets their pecking order in motion right away. Um I would not be surprised if there was coordination on anything or everything that goes on right now. Like I would like if we ever did a a deep dive or a TikTok on this, I, I would not be surprised to learn that they moved um, or they they kind of put Hughley's visit second because they wanted to keep this one open. Um, and if that hurt, if that's what happened, that works. Hey, kudos for them. If you have pictures of Jesse Edwards on campus, Fat Daddies, Chicken Bones, Chicken Bones even there anymore? No, Mario's Fishbowl, whatever. Uh, send him to Chris. He'll pay you handsomely. <laughs> He'll pay you handsomely, right? Uh, yeah. And if not, check out the website. We will have this covered. And uh, I think we're on commitment watch for one or both because this does sound like it could be a momentous weekend for them. Football practice Saturday closed. Mac members are loud. If you have details, uh, send him to Chris. He'll pay you handsomely. Until then, I'm Mike Casaza. And I'm Chris Anderson. We will talk to you next time. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. 
So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does. <laughs> Nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.